0: Welcome to the Unruly Podcast. My name is Kaylin Otto and I'm your host. Together we'll traverse all things travel. But I always talk about travel magic because it happens if you leave some space for it. Activism. So we can see that these ideas of oppressing animals develop very closely with our ideas of oppressing people and women alternative living, Who we are is nature, who we are is creativity, who we are is power, and more.
1: The system hates a rebel. I just like to encourage everybody to keep being their beautiful, unique, individual selves.
0: All right, let's get unruly. Hello, come on in, take your shoes off, settle in, and welcome to another episode of the Unruly podcast. Today's episode is an inspirational one, but it's also a very important one. So for a little bit of background, I met today's guest in Quito, Ecuador, when I was taking a tour of the Trude Soika House Museum. Now to be honest, I had no idea what to expect, but what I experienced was the most moving museum experience that I've ever had in my life. Truda Soika is a Holocaust survivor and also an artist who was painting till she was almost a hundred years old. She definitely used her art as a way to process the trauma in her life and find healing. If you are ever lucky enough to visit this museum in person, you can see how it all comes together and how the three different stories, Of the house represent different times in Trudy's life, and you can see that through her artwork as well. Now, this will not be a graphic conversation, it's not a graphic episode, even though we are mentioning the Holocaust. It's more geared around how Trudy healed through her art and how her daughter and granddaughter have worked really hard to preserve her art, display it, and use it as education for future generations. Now, both people that I'm interviewing are also artists, so you see different parts of their their lives interwoven in the house as well. While this episode is the full interview, you can click on the link in the show notes to see the video interview that I did with these two, and you'll also see a little bit of the museum and the artwork. I actually ended up recording today's interview on the spot. I wasn't very prepared, so that means I didn't have my mic with me, and the audio quality is not the highest, but the content in this interview is...
2: Okay, my name is Anita Steinitz, and we are here at the Trude-Soika um, House Museum. I'm director of this house museum together with my daughter Gabi. And uh, this museum was created in uh, 2009 after my mother died uh, because I wanted to pay tribute to Trude-Soika, my mother. Who was a Holocaust survivor, a Czech uh, uh, Jewish artist, and I wanted to uh, promote her art, her, uh, her her life, and also uh, to promote the construction of peace, because through the soika after she came to Ecuador.
1: She found in Ecuador peace and hope. Uh, I am Gabriela Steinitz. I co-direct with my mom, the Tundes House Museum. And I am also an
0: artist and a museologist. First things first, I wanted to know about Gabriela's and Anita's personal relationships to the house that we were in. Um,
1: Well, it's my grandmother's house. So I I have a very uh, deep attachment to to everything that's in here. uh, of course to my grandfather as well, although I couldn't I couldn't meet him, he died when I was very young.
2: And you were born in the house? I was born in this house. Gabi was also, well not exactly in this house, she was born in the, in the hospital, but she came in here as a baby. <laughs> right. So yes, we've always uh, been here. Uh, I was born in this house, I stayed in this house until I finished my high school in when I was 16 years old and then uh, I started abroad but came back uh, in the middle mid 80s -hmm. and uh, since then you know I've been around here
0: Then it was time for Gabby to share her grandmother's story with us. Okay, so my
1: grandmother, Trude Sojka, uh, was born in Berlin, uh, but her parents were Czechs, so she lived in in Czechoslovakia. Um, well, it was the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and then after the First World War, it was, the, it was Czechoslovakia. Um, then she studied arts there. She came from a very uh, cultural family, very wealthy family as well. And then uh, when she, uh, well, she she studied uh, arts in Berlin, back to Berlin, and then um, the the difficult times started in nineteen thirty eight, and then nineteen thirty nine with the invasion of Czechoslovakia by the Nazis, and she was married to a Slovak too, so they they uh, fled to to uh, Slovakia that was independent, and uh, they stayed there until. In 1944, they were deported by the Nazis to different concentration camps. She was in Auschwitz, and there she lost her husband. And finally, she was she was pregnant as well. So finally, uh, she she was liberated, but she lost the baby. But she continued. She was very resilient, and she went back to Prague and to Slovakia to find her family. But uh, everybody was dead. Uh, but one day she found a note from her brother and uh, it was he was in Ecuador. he, he was a, a refugee here um, before the war and uh, she decided that she had to go to Ecuador and join him and that's how she came here and built uh, she got married again uh, with another Holocaust survivor, Hans Steinitz, my grandfather. Uh, and they built this house. Uh, where my mom uh, made the museum, well, the culture of house first and now a museum. And yeah, that's the story of my, my grandmother. She painted until she was almost 100 years old. She, she was 97 when she died and she produced this, this, um, uh, more than 400 paintings uh, that are in this house, uh, about 300. And then another part is in the United States with my aunt. Mm. my grandmother's second daughter, and so we, we, we care very much about this collection and try to show the world um, not only the, the art but also the message behind it.
0: And do you, two questions, do you both have memories making art with her? <laughs> well, you know,
2: I studied also to become an artist and yeah. an art historian. And uh, during my childhood, my adolescence, I worked with my mother in her, in her studio that I think you saw it mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. Uh, I tried, I experimented with this concrete, but it's terrible. <laughs> I hated it. So I never wanted to do anything with it. And my art has always been very traditional, nothing special. I like a lot to draw. I really mm-hmm. love drawing. And I've done a little other things, but uh, in general, I was uh, you know, taking art courses with a good friend of my mother, Pilar Bustos, and, and drawing a lot. Uh, when I finished uh, my high school, I went to the States. And I studied their art history and uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, art in general. And then I went to to France and I continued my art studies. But then I had to work and I became a translator and other Mm. things. So uh, I no longer did many things with art Uh
0: until I came back here. Now you're surrounded by art.
2: (laughs) Now I'm surrounded
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can't get away from it now. (laughs) And do you have memories making uh, art?
1: Yes, I. Since I was a, uh, a small child, I remember my grandmother taking taking me to her studio, and uh, she gave me her brushes and papers and said, "Do whatever you want." Sometimes I could. Uh, put my little uh, color something into her painting. Oh <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, I have a picture with with my grandmother uh, painting at her at her studio. Um, I I used to spend a lot of time there. I, I loved it. I, I was fascinated by art since since maybe I was since I was born. That was my whole life and and my my refugee too because i hated school <laughs> So when i came back home uh, i loved it. also with my grandmother i loved to uh, look at books at art books um, at her favorite painters and Monet, and <laughs> um, so i remember that and then at school I, my, my grandmother died when i was 11 years old uh, but i continued and i always kept the, the memory of of these uh, these afternoons, uh, drawing with my grandmother, she explaining me how to make a little bear or a little <laughs> animal. <laughs> Those are my memories.
0: And now <laughs> your artwork is more organic, correct? Yes. You use all natural materials and mm-hmm. lots of tree-human comparison.
1: Yes. I, I think that was the, the other part that, that my uh, grandmother taught me, that uh, to, to love nature um, and not... To copy nature uh, in 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 the artworks, mm-hmm. uh, but to to interpret interpret it, interpret nature, um, and to express the feelings that because we, we have nature, we we should be s- the normal state of a human being is being surrounded by nature. So, uh, I was always in the garden, also playing. I I the the trips we made to to the mountains or to some uh, hacienda, to some uh, uh, field or something, yeah. and uh, I think that inspired me to, to integrate that into my artwork as well. My grandmother made a lot of birds, a lot of nature in her, in her work, so I did it with another way of seeing things. Uh, I didn't work with concrete because <laughs> it's not that sustainable after all, uh, it's hard to work. But I I prefer using these natural materi- materials that are coming back one day to to the earth and reintegrating with with the, the environment. So that's my idea of, of art and art as a um, nature as a metaphor of ourselves, of our of our lives, of the history as well. I like to make the link between memory. Um, uh, nature and uh, what, what is inside us. We, we are humans, human beings, also because of art. So I think I like to make this integrate those three things.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> and if people come to see the museum today, they can also see a whole section of your artwork as mm-hmm. well. Yes,
1: yes I, there's
2: my exhibit. That's the uh, idea. That's exactly the idea of the three
1: generations.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You can see it throughout the house, through the different, the different levels or the different time periods. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is my other question, can you tell us a little bit about how the house is organized into like, different sections um, of her life? Sure. So,
2: when I uh, organized this house, I tried to really, you know, uh, place first, you know, the first experiences of my mother, the Holocaust, Uh, you know, it was a very difficult time for her and uh, the paintings are very dark, they are sand and so that's what you start, you know, with that you start the the visit of this house and then uh, because when I um, uh, was thinking about my mother's artwork I divided it into four periods, right? And the first period was that The Holocaust, Mm -hmm. and then when she uh, uh, comes to Ecuador, and uh, things change for her, and she sees all the colors, all the all the diversity and beauty of nature here in Ecuador, and you can also see that in the first, uh, you know, at the beginning of the visit, her second period, encounter of two worlds, the world uh, of Europe from where my mother comes and uh, the world in America and especially in Ecuador. And uh, the Sojka combines both worlds here. And then uh, you go upstairs. Now, you, you still are in the first floor, <laughs> but you go to the expressionist room, the third period, right? And you see the the third period is when my mother starts remembering how she was an expressionist artist in Europe. And uh, there is a lot of music, of uh, dancing and the movement and rhythm in the art you see in this third uh, uh, period. And uh, it's, the colors are much um, more alive, right? Uh, very bright colors, and you see that she's starting to, to to love life again. And then you go upstairs, and uh, you find here, you know, there is a temporary exhibit of the spirits of the, of the jungle, and uh, through the Soica's art, because my mother loved particularly the jungle here in in the Amazon jungle here in Ecuador. But you also find here this fourth period when my mother is already, you know, quite old. She's in her 80s, and then until she's 96, 97, she is still working, painting. But her art is more and more like the art of a child. That's why I call this period the circle closes because the circle closes, she becomes again, you know, a child. And the art here is very naive, very innocent, simple, like a child could do it, but at the same time, it's full of tenderness, and you can see how happy she is at the end of her life. And then uh, uh, you can see in this other floor her biography, you know, the story of uh, her life, let's say. Mm. And uh, there is this. Small corner, biographical corner. And then you go upstairs because, you know, I was thinking also of the different generations. The first generation, the generation of silence. The second generation is the generation of questions. It's us, the children. And the third generation, Gabi. And uh, the third generation is in the th- this third floor where you find Gabi's artwork. Wow. And to finish, we we are here, uh, you know, in this room that's devoted to my father and the righteous among the nations. Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. (laughs) And I have two more questions for you. Um, First of all, do either of you have a favorite art piece? And I think I asked you this yesterday, too, like, what was your favorite as a kid? Did it change when you became an adult, or do you still have a favorite art piece like that your grandma did? And
2: I think, I told you I like, I love the elephant, right? Yeah. Because I always thought it was very symbolic. I think I've always loved that one as, as one of my favorites. I think Gabby likes the one
1: that she created uh, for you, right? Yes, when I was born, <laughs> the uh, fairy tale of the yellow butterflies I think this is my favorite one and I think it has always been my favorite one <laughs> uh, maybe sometimes it depending on, the, on the, the mood it can change but in general it's favorite one.
0: <laughs> yeah and that's the one that's right down there right yes. oh,
2: okay my mother uh, did that when Gabi was born
0: mm-hmm. as a gift or as just a, as a
2: well as a gift she gave it to me, but she said, "I want to to do this for, because Gabby was my mother's favorite granddaughter."
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the only do- granddaughter living with her as well. <laughs> That's <true>. right. <laughs> so uh,
0: <laughs> right, beautiful. And my last question for you is, what are your hopes for the museum in the future?
2: Good question. <laughs> we are uh, trying. I don't you know. I was thinking. I know longer really an artist but i would love if this museum could be an artwork itself and uh, do things so that each one of the rooms and especially the garden you know are arranged like artworks mm-hmm. and i know that Gabi, you know for gabby nature is so important mm-hmm. so i thought you know like uh, one of the rooms should be the garden and with the, the the garden of sculptures which is right now a disaster <laughs> <laughs> <So much. laughs> it's a wood <laughs> so that it really becomes uh, you know something important mm. and then uh, i don't know you know we are i'm very much interested in this uh, education for peace workshops mm. and to to do more of them and to to Tell the world about them you know and about the work that we have in this house uh-huh. mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's, it's something that it's always in discussion what what do we aspire for the museum in, in the long term and yes one of those things is this, uh, um, integrating nature much more the garden of course and being a center of uh, informal education you know uh, there's all these schools coming here. And uh, they're receiving another kind of education, different from what they have in their schools. And I think that's the, that's like the real experience in real life. Uh, that sometimes children, sometimes children are in a in a bubble in their schools and don't know what the world is, how it works exactly. And I think it's important to to give them a perspective of how 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 it how other stories. Uh, uh, well, the, the stories of other people, like my grandparents, mm-hmm. uh, not difficult ones, and also uh, other things they may not see in class, like the um, the, the artworks with cement, things like that. And well, not only for children, but for everybody, for for adults, for for other groups. I would love to um, have more. Um, Social minorities coming to this house, more migrants, uh, maybe people with disabilities. That would be very very interesting. And um, yes, also making more uh, workshops and activities around nature. Like we have a compost here. We have uh, this permacultural um, thought about how we should plant things in the garden. We want to make a. Um, I want to plant vegetables, uh, grow vegetables here. Some someday open the Café uh and um, give a taste of what my grandmother used to make—her pastries and uh, uh, little things she, she made for uh, at four o'clock, <laughs> you know, uh, coffee time. Uh, yeah, so I think. And there is
2: something important. I told you, my mother at first, when she came to Ecuador, she was like an artisan. Mm -hmm. She worked in my uh, uh, aunt's store, you know, Akios. that was the first uh, handicrafts factory in Ecuador. And uh, that would be fantastic if we could recreate, you know, first of all, restore the memory of Akios and recreate here, you know, like a handicrafts Mm -hmm. shop and invite, uh, uh, I don't know, different artisans that are original, that are, are different from, from what you see commonly in, in
1: streets, etc. Uh-huh. And I think the, the global thing we, we want to, to to keep doing is yeah, just following our mission to, to build peace uh, through all these little pieces, like, like uh, these elements, uh, memory. History, nature, art, um, and follow this this peace path.
0: <laughs> yeah, it also seems like from what I learned on the tour, your mother and your grandmother, um, she was processing a lot of her emotions, her hard mm-hmm. emotions from the Holocaust, from surviving through her art. So exactly. it seems like the more you share just you know how to do art or what is art or you can anyone can do art the more people can use that exactly. to, to process exactly yeah, it's the, to the
1: social psychological aspect as well definitely yeah
0: <laughs> wow that's beautiful is there anything else that that you would like to add
2: uh, we invite everybody yeah <laughs> yes. <That's
1: right>. yes. <laughs> come on over Yes, you can follow us on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, you can watch our YouTube videos. Uh, yeah, so we, we are more active in Spanish, but yeah, you, we, we speak English. So you can also and write us. And we speak or, French. And we speak French as well. You S- speak German. Yes. yes. So people <laughs> could take
0: a tour in English, German, French, or Spanish?
2: Well, German, I'm forgetting my German. Okay. okay. I understand German.
0: I am so glad that you joined me for today's episode. If you want to learn more about the topic that we discussed today, head over to unrulytravel.com. If today's conversation made you laugh or cry or feel seen or inspired in any way, please take just 30 seconds to follow the show and rate and review it wherever you listen to podcasts. Then share this episode with a friend. I'll see you next time. Stay unruly.